learned that uh, as you think, so you are, and thinking appropriately about yourself as a Christian is essential if you're going to be what God wants you to be. Right thinking about God exists for the sake of right feelings for God. In that order. Logic exists for the sake of love. Reasoning exists for the sake of rejoicing. Doctrine exists for the sake of delight. Knowing the truth is the basis of admiring the truth. Both thinking and feeling are essential. They are not coordinate. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining us tonight. Um, this is our maiden voyage of Dive Deep. And uh, we are here to foster Christian thought. And our topic tonight is going to be technology and its role in the life of the believer. So myself, I want to introduce who who we are. I'm George Emmert. Um, I'm a co-host, and this is my friend and co-host, Lance Phelps. Hey, everybody. How you doing? We are going to try to tackle a topic that's pretty broad. Uh, We want to... um, encourage you in the audience to give us as many questions as you have. Yeah, feel free to comment as much as you want, yeah. uh, because the more input we get from you guys, the more we go with this. So Right. We have a basic construct we want to follow, uh, but you know we're not going to be rigid to it. So right, we're right. going to get right into this. I'm going to read a comment uh, from a Douglas Adams, and it's paraphrased here. And it goes like this. Everything that exists before you were born is just normal the way things should be. Everything that is invented from your birth until you're about 30 is cool, neat, and innovative. And everything invented after you're 30, well, it's against the natural order of things and the beginning of the end to the civilization as we know it. Is this true, Lance? Well, I I just turned 33 years ago. Wait, hold on. Was it actually three years ago? Um... I'm, I'm to that age where you start to forget how old you are. Yes. But I turned 33 years ago, and I can tell you that uh, new music is of the devil. Yes. And anything that was prior to 2010 is wholly sacrosanct. But yes. new music is absolutely... So if if it's anything with Fergie in it, it's satanic. I but see. anything with that, which I know she was prior to 2010, but I'm making an exception. She's just satanic. I'm going to have to go back <laughs> a couple decades where I'm at that level. And I'm not yeah. even going to talk about it <laughs> right now. But yeah. I think the topic at hand, let's get started. Let's talk about technology. Now, the disclaimer here is we're using technology, correct? Right, right, right. Uh, we did not put out uh, postcards or smoke signals to get you and the listening audience right. set, to, up our, set up our Apple crate at the exactly, side of the road. Or to build it. a large uh, structure in your backyard so that you would see the smoke signals and be able to read them. Or right, stretch right. these long cables called telegraph cables so that we would Morse code you. Yeah, depending on which which uh, which level of thirty you want to go by, because if we go by Thomas Ed- Thomas Edison's thirty, right. then we're just going to barely be you know getting used to the steam engine. Exactly. So so, but we're going to use something totally awesome, Facebook Live. Right. Right. And we're reaching a lot of people right now. Yeah. So let's get into this. Okay. Let's get a definition of what technology really is. Well, I personally love the definition that Tony Ranke gave in his book, 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing You. Hold on, let me make sure that. I got my things. Yeah, it's 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing You. Um, Tony Ranke says, technology is the reordering of natural materials for human ends. 
So it is taking what God has created and reordering it so that it serves our ends or serves our purposes in a different way than it already does. It's an interesting definition because the premise is we're just reorganizing right, right. what's already there. Right. We don't actually, right. you know, uh, uh, the, the old Latin <clears throat> phrase, ex nihil, ex nihilo nihil fit, which is out of nothing, nothing comes. You know, the only one who can create ex nihilo is God himself. Obviously, all we can do is just reorganize, you know, what God has created. So God created a giant Lego box and we're just sitting there building these Legos. That's right. So With infinite possibilities. Yes, with right. infinite possibilities. Well, uh, the definition uh, uh, that Merriam-Webster gives is the use of science and industry, engineering, etc., to invent useful things or to solve problems. Well, I'm going to have to stop you there, George, because science is evil. And no, so, really? Yes, science is evil, so Merriam-Webster can't possibly be right. So elaborate, science is evil. I'm joking. Of I course. understand. <laughs> well, when we get to uh, to looking at how we use technology, yeah. right? Yeah. The question always arises, is it good? Yeah. Or is it bad? Yeah. What's your take on I that? I think that that is that's such a common question. And a lot of people would think, oh no, I never asked that question. I never have a problem with that because because I, you know, we use technology, we're good with it with it, but um, that question is asked and then answer, answered on the small scale just as much as it is on the large scale. So I would say that like the Amish people have answered that question on a large scale. They've said that this broad scope or this broad spectrum of technology is bad and we need to stay away from that technology. But then they've narrowed their spectrum to acceptable technologies to a much smaller right. you know, area. But but we as Christians, especially when I say like in church services, the uh, we can we can say this broad spectrum is good, but then this narrow spectrum is bad. Where like this that this slice of technology is unacceptable, whereas this broad set of technology, you can see that in things like uh, when when people argue against um, people argue against doing live streams of your church service, and you know uh, publishing your sermons and doing things like that. They argue that you know that that's uh, not something that the Christian church should be doing. You know we should just keep church the way it has been. You know pre-30. <laughs> right. Uh, back when I was 25, we didn't do church service like that. So we can't do a church service like that now. They, they've really just alienated a kind of a slim, you know, spectrum. Actually, a better example of this would probably be uh, anti-social networks. People who are like, no, social networks, they're bad, they're wrong, they're evil, we need to get rid of them. So what you've done is you've taken that narrow slice of technology to say this slice is bad and this rest is good because you're fine with a cell phone in that case most of the time, not, not all the right. time. But well, Okay, <clears throat> so we've, we define what technology is in a, in a definition. Now, let's look at some historical perspective on technology. Right, right. Obviously, technology is it, it's something that is with us. It marks history. It is who we are as a nation, as a world. Mm. Many, uh, many novel things, many extremely uh, great inventions have been done because technology was there. Right. Um, right. So let me read something um, about uh, a 15th century techno panic. They call it a techno panic. Techno um, panic. Yes, in the 15th yes. century. 15th century. Okay. Oh my goodness! All if right. Twitter so, came along back then, there would be like techno hysteria. <laughs> right. So there's this there's this luddite monk, right? Okay. Uh -huh. So his name uh -huh. is Johannes 
Trimethius. Okay? What was he? A, what? A, what I a Luddite. Luddite? Yes. Is that like a region, an area? I think it's an order. He sounds German yes, or Austrian. It's an order of monks. Okay. 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 So their job is to, to transcribe, transcribe uh, scribe scripture, handwritten. Right, right, right. right. Good handwriting, right? Yes. Well, guess what came about during his lifetime that revolutionized things? Uh, I can't possibly guess. In the 1500s, the printing press. The printing press. There you go. Okay, which arguably is probably one of the greatest technological oh advances gosh. ever. Oh, my gosh. Right? The second to only to writing. Yes. So what was he? We actually have handwritten, uh, uh, we actually have commentary from him. It, the act of copying was hard, he says. It builds character, much like chopping wood. And he is totally against the printing press. Right. Yes. Right. You know, this newfangled thing is just isn't as nice as the old stuff. Is newfangled the proper translation of his Latin that he's writing in there? No. <laughs> it's a paraphrase. But you get the idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what you just said prior about, hey, the old is better than the new. Yes, Yes. That is, that rings true in go. almost all of the conversations about whether technology is better right. or right. not. Right? I mean, if we were going to go back even further to, to pagan sources, couldn't we quote uh, Plato when he's speaking for Phaedrus? He says, if men learn this, it will implant forgetfulness into their souls. They will cease to exercise memory because they rely on that which is written, calling things to remembrance no longer from within themselves, but by means of external marks. This stupid thing at? called writing. Yes. Why in the world would you yes. utilize writing when you could know. just remember them? Exactly. I mean, come on. It's going gonna, it's gonna, to, our memories are going to go to pot. Seriously. Exactly. They're gonna right. Go to pot. But then <laughs> Martin Luther, Martin Luther said something. Yes. He said, if you want to change the world, pick up your pen and write. But in a sense, though, writing, whether you use it with a pen right. or pencil right. or a quill. Or a LibreOffice. Is, is the same or, or word. Right. Or, right. You know what I'm saying? On the typing. Well, I use It's the same office, stuff, so. right? <laughs> it really is the same. It's just the yeah, mode. Yeah, yeah. Because it's getting, it's, it's uh, scribing your thoughts into a written form by Marx as, right. you know, not Karl Marx, but by, by the use of Marx. Not Groucho Marx? Not Groucho Marx, no, not Karl not Marx. Groucho. Groucho Marx communicated. Yeah, things, yeah. He, he was, you know, he would go around. He didn't use his know, voice. He would, he would go, yeah, I, I don't know what you're talking <laughs> oh, no, about he here. he did use his voice. Yeah, All and right, he used okay. a cigar as. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. All right, so. Okay, so technology. Let's do a little deeper since we okay. dive deep, right? Yeah, we're That's, trying to dive we're in the business of this, right? And oh, hey, real quick, I just wanted the people watching right now, make sure that you comment. If you've got anything to say, if you have any questions later on in this, in this program, we're going to be going through a segment where we actually answer the questions that you guys have. So if anything pops up in your head, just write it, write it down real quick and click that comment button. Yeah, so we, go ahead. So we talked a little bit about technology before the show started. Yeah, yeah. And I, I brought up the idea of the ingredients of technology, okay? And, and, and I, I wrote these down, okay? Mm -hmm. These are probably not exhaustive lists, but, but thought. Thought makes up technology because somebody wants to think something into existence, you mm -hmm. know? Somebody mm -hmm. had to think the paperclip into, into being, right? So mm -hmm. efficiency, that's part of technology because that's oftentimes the reasons we use technology or even create it right, because right. we want things uh, better, faster, stronger, you know, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, like the $6 million man. Exactly, which is a good show. Oh, yeah, really? I haven't seen it before. Yeah, you never... You yeah. Ever, it's when he ran, it always made this weird yeah. sound. <laughs> yeah, okay, I get it. I can quote movies that shows <laughs> I've never seen before. Another ingredient is solutions, okay, mm -hmm. of technology. Mm -hmm. 
We also know that enjoyment's part of technology. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's uh, true. Everybody's enjoying this program. Well, let's hope. They're yes. Enjoying this okay. They could just be like sitting there going, oh my gosh. I know. I wish these people would stop talking. Innovation, another yes. ingredient. Yes. Okay. So thought, efficiency, solutions, enjoyment, innovation. What is the common denominator behind all of these things? <sighs> Go ahead. Tell me what the common denominator is. Change. That's right. We're changing. We're moving from mm-hmm. one place yeah. to another. Okay. And one, and one could say that uh, there's that age where you are, where you easily and readily accept change. And once you get past that 30 or so, right. change becomes harder. Yeah. I think it's just because change, I think it might be just a mental thing that we just sort of set into. Not for everybody. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's outliers. People who are like, you know, in their 80s and they're trying to learn C++. They go back to college. And they, yeah, right. they go back to college. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Change is not hard for them. But for a lot of people, change is tough. Change is they tough. Change. Right. Because majority of people are set in their ways. Yeah. So technology's biggest roadblock yeah. is change. And its greatest success sometimes is change. Yeah. Because technology can change things. For the better, tell us what technology has changed for the well, good. Um, for the good, yeah. I'm, okay, one of the first things that comes to the mo- to my mind is that technology facilitated the uh, inscripturization of the Bible, which means that we took the it took it from the inspired Word of God as given to the apostles, and it ha- and they wrote it down, and suddenly now the inspired Word of God is placed in a form that can be transmitted throughout the ages. And so without technology, without the thing that, that Plato said was, you know, ridiculous, then we wouldn't have that. We would just have uh, the traditions that may or may not be um, be attributed to the original church because, yeah, you know how traditions can change. Sure. Yeah. Traditions and can change over time. That's right. So <clears throat> we, heck, we can rely on oral tradition to a certain point, but then then God brought about this thing called writing, this new technology. He brought about the, you know, through people to basically solidify his words. Uh, and then other things are uh, the ability to eat, even though we have a lot of people on the earth. <laughs> if we didn't have this, if we didn't have the farming methods, which is a form of technology, and we didn't have the tools that we have now, then there would be a certain point where people would just not be able to eat. There'd be too many people on the earth and uh, the amount of people now uh, couldn't eat. Because I, I saw this this really interesting graph one time where these uh, these people graphed how many people were farmers versus other trades. Um, and and they showed that, that at first, or a long time ago, almost everyone was farmers. We had just a mass amount of farmers. Most people would farm and would sell their goods. And so we had the majority of farmers. But then over time, as farming techniques and just, just got better and better, producing more food, the amount of farmers, you just didn't need as many. And so now we have this tiny sliver of farming. The current farming community is just minuscule. And yet we have this mass of people that just do other things. Right. With something we couldn't have without technology. So Sure. So what about some bad things? Well, um, we have, like I said, Fergie. That's uh, she. If we can, she can propagate her music. That's one thing. Yeah. Um, other things are the use of technology to murder people en masse. Yeah. In wars, I mean, really, um, if we look at World War One, I, I think it's a, the 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 most palpable example of 
the use of technology because it was it was World War One was really the bridge between two gulfs to or it was a bridge between two cultures and the gulf between them because the old culture uh, had a very set way of doing things and based on it but they weren't prepared for the new technology so uh, one thing that happened early on in the war before trench warfare really set in was that uh, the French troops and everyone dogs on the French troops French for being cowards but right. in, in fact back in World War One they were the most craziest, bravest people on the planet because they they would they they subscribed to old military tactics that did not account for the new technology, machine guns, and they would literally charge machine gun nests and have hundreds of people mowed down because the the so um, they were following that George Washington way exactly with flintlock muskets yes, yes. where you got one guy one line shooting the others are reloading and shoot in a certain and, way they yeah. they they did adopt to the new rifles but they didn't. The, the commanders would they would call for bayonet charges. That's what would happen. Because in previous eras, the bayonet charge was the most devastating form of attack. Once a bayonet charge was instigated, th the enemy would be annihilated. But right. then the machine gun came along. And so we see just the most horrific that alone. uses of yeah, that alone. And then the Holocaust that alone. is another so, example. So we described that technology can be a force for good. Yeah. Can be a, yeah. a mechanism for good. Maybe a tool mm -hmm. better. And a tool for evil. Yeah. So, what is technology? Technology. Is, is it good or evil? That's a good question. One that we are going to answer today, right? Right. Is technology good or evil? Yeah, because we've got to grasp, grab, uh, we've got to wrestle with this type of thing, right? Right, right. Um, Especially as Christians, I think. Yeah, we do. Let me, let me read, a, let me read a, a paragraph here by this author who kind of expounds a little bit on what on, on this. Uh, he says, so the basic principle which we need to establish when thinking about technology is this. Technology by itself is what we might call amoral. That is, it is neither overwhelmingly good nor inherently evil. Like lots of things in this world, it's something with great power for good, but which is also deeply affected by the fall. What, what's important is how we use the technology what we use it to do, and what we allow it to do to us. I think that's a profound statement. And I think it captures what we're really talking about here. Right. Right. right? Um, do you have some thoughts regarding that, that, er that uh, paragraph I just read? So he, I mean, really, I think what the person is saying is the, it's, technology is an expression of the heart. Technology is an expression of not a is you know technology itself does not have a moral stance either way, but right. instead, <clears throat> technology is is something that f that the use of technology and how it's used is something that flows out of our person. So as a culture, collectively, mm -hmm. individuals mm -hmm. together, technology is almost a mirror to who right. we really are. I'd say that that is one hundred percent correct. Right. So a good indication of who we really are as individuals, just like the the old adage is, uh, "Show me your bank, show me your checkbook, and I'll tell right, you how right, you right, right. value money. Show me your technology, and I'll show you yeah. what's in your heart." And now it's not too hard to do because you can just get on your phone, and there's this app called Quality Time. I actually have it on my phone, right. and it tracks everything that you do on your phone, and it tracks how long you've been on certain you know apps, and how long you spend on like Facebook and whatnot, right. how often you open it, how often you unlock your phone. And uh, when I first downloaded that app and put it on my phone, I was a little bit depressed. I was like, oh, 
I spend too much time on Facebook. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I was surprised at how much time I spent on YouTube. But the the point there is that if you really wanted to start to dig into your own life and your own heart, then what do you what do you need to do? You need to go back and look at how you use the technology that you have in your heart in your life. Right. You know. What do you what do you think God's greatest concern for us when it comes to technology. I mean, we have a lot, quite a bit. What yeah. we're doing now, uh, the, the, the movie industry, the music industry, the medical industry, uh, even industrial with some of the, uh, the inventions of creating simple car, you know, cars mm -hmm. with newer features. What do you think God's requirement of man is in the light of this great and awesome power called technology. Well, I think that if you want to ask what God's requirement is, then you have to go to the scriptures, don't you? Yes. And then you have to go to things like uh, what Jesus said. What did Jesus say? What were the two greatest commandments? Love your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love others as you love yourself. And so God's requirement then is not that a certain technology be used over a certain technology or some, some certain technologies be abstained from. But then God's requirement becomes, are you loving God through this technology? Are you practicing holiness yeah. and purity yeah. in your yeah. own life when, exactly. you in, when you interact or interface with technology? Yeah. yeah. Very important concept, isn't it? Because if you are, you're engaging in the use of technology, right, on a day-to-day on -day basis, but through that use of technology, it can be something that either expresses love towards your neighbor and towards God, or it can be something that expresses love towards just yourself. But, you but, just but wait a minute, brother. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. Now, there are people out there, I'm sure, right now, right, now. right now, who are doing some white knuckle okay. of the steering wheel. Yeah. And they're saying, wait a minute, this is a Trojan horse. What is Technology, technology. Okay. coming in. Look at what it's done to the church. Look at all of the damage that has been caused in the, the de degradation of the church and the degradation of the teaching and the doctrine and, and all of the vices that are now elevated and to be normal, see, even by the church leaders. And many will say, no, but it's, it's, it's a byproduct, it's a side effect of this daggone technology, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, those those are the main. So people are. Yeah. So the argument goes that people are more corrupted because of the pervasiveness of technology. So in other words, we wouldn't have the problem with. Well, to be honest and perfectly open, I mean, you know, the problem with pornography that we do. Like right, pornography right. has become an insane issue in the church, where absurd amounts of people are viewing it and lots of people are becoming addicted to it correct and the question is well we didn't did we even have this problem beforehand we didn't we didn't now, have all that stuff now we no, have right? now we have a church that is by and large addicted to pornography because now it's just like it's on you can pick up your cell phone and right now you can just pull up any pornography that you want and i guess that would just be one case study one problem but um my answer to that is that before we had the phone, you had the ability to to lust. So what I you're mean, saying, though, is that the motive behind, the motivation behind viewing the pornography in the phone mm -hmm. is really the same motivation as the man or woman uh, mm -hmm. who would have had a magazine years ago in a dark corner 
of a closet. Yeah, yeah. And it's and, the same and, thing. And years ago is is probably um, it, it can go back even farther than that. Exactly. Years ago, I mean, we, they had renditions like they have they have pornographic images that have been drawn since the Greek era, right? So this is nothing new. This is not something that we're just now encountering. Um, so the heart that seeks after that. So, so you know, you might then say, yeah, but you wouldn't have even have the impetus to do that. Most people wouldn't even see it, and therefore they wouldn't even fall into that. But I would, I would, you know, I would say that if if we're looking at the heart and saying, well, they wouldn't have fallen into it if they didn't have the if they didn't have that chance put in front of them, then what we're saying is that fundamentally they're good and they were just tripped up by this one instance, right? right? This thing that just came along and just grabbed them and pulled them into the closet. But if that is the case, if fundamentally we're good, we're just going to look at it and go, Ooh, stay away from that. That's right. bad. But no, right. no, no. People seek out these things right. when they discover they're, they're there. So the problem existed before because if you were in the mode to say, no, I am going to stay away from all forms of, of sexual sin, then when it comes to the phone, if you suddenly discover, oh, I can type in these words and suddenly all these images come up, um, you're, you're going to be stalwartly against that. You're going to be like, no, I will never do that, right? You're going to try as hard as you can to stay away from those things. But if beforehand your heart was in the condition where it's like, yeah, that sounds good to me. You know, all you're doing is just, a, you're just demonstrating what was in the heart already. So you, you've been to Zimbabwe. Yeah, I have. And uh, we can twice. use, yeah, we can use that as an example. They have a low side of technology, yeah, right? Yeah, they do. And well, where, where we were at. And, and most of those men and women don't have access to cell phones. Uh, actually, yeah. most, okay, so most people don't have access to good internet. Yeah. They have access to primitive internet. I So with the word what I'm saying though is, is that, here, here's a here's a modern case in point. Uh, they they should be more holier than they yeah. if if indeed technology is the the, the, the problem the problem right. then the third world countries sh Christians should be mm -hmm. more holier in one way because they have less to influence them for bad. Unfortunately. Um, and I'm, I'm in no way saying that, you know, the Zimbabwe culture is just this awful culture, but right. I, I would say they still struggle with sexual sin and they struggle with it just to the same degree that we struggle with it. Right. You know, we struggle with sexual sin in our way and they struggle with sexual sin in their way. In, the, in their culture, it's a little bit more prominent that uh, they have polygamy and, you know, it's a little bit more prominent that they would have, you know, a man who would go from woman to woman to woman. And but that's just as much struggling with sexual sin as exactly you know, looking at pornography. So, so it's the same the same situation. So it really goes back to the heart of the matter. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. It's it's what's in it the, heart the heart that in that idea of personal purity and holiness right. and where we value that in our life. Right. Yeah. Because the heart um, in the Hebraic mindset, the heart is sort of the control center of the human. You know, you, you, as Jesus says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So he's saying, effectively, when you want to know what you're thinking, when you know want to know what you're feeling and, and the motivation you have, the baseline motivation, just look at what comes out of your mouth. Okay. You know, just look at what, yeah. and, and it wasn't just in the mouth. It was, it's, it's every aspect of you, what right. flows out. It's like, it oozes out of your pores and it's just, you can wipe it off and be like, yeah, this, this is who I am, you know? Yeah. So, so moving on with where we need to go with how we look at holiness and technology. Um, maybe we should look at a little bit of some of the historical roots of technology 
and that it actually can be traced back to a biblical paradigm. Mm. And, mm. Uh, you know, in this, uh, I'm going to, there's this writer, T.V. Vagaris, a Ph.D. Mm-hmm. He wrote uh, uh, an article, Christianity and the Technological Advance and the Astonishing Connection between that, those two concepts. Technology, um, obviously in the Western nations, during the Renaissance, Reformation, and forward from that, right? The Western nations can all be traced as, as having technology that was superior to the rest of the world. I mean, it's how we became a superpower, frankly, right? Yeah. yeah. So we don't... I mean, geography had a bit to do yeah. with that. But. So what led to this fast technological advance? Um, that's, that's, that's where we need to look and figure that out. So... The answer is that something happened that set the stage. And this author said, strange as it may seem, that event was the return to biblical Christianity in these Western countries. Mm. Mm. Why would Christianity be linked to technology? Because uh, the what we saw come out of the French Revolution and what we saw coming out of the the... Uh, the Renaissance was a wholesale abandonment of biblical principles. So we had, saw this immense push towards um, believing that the Bible was not really the inspired word of God, believing that uh, that things in the secular world or in the world are by nature secular, you know, meaning without God. So we saw this immense movement within the uh, within the. I guess nominal Christian Christian of the time, we saw this immense movement towards just total secularism. But what that did was that allowed people to start to see the world through a lens that discredited science. It actually created this dissonance between the worldview and science. You know, and I, I know that nowadays there's a lot of atheists like Sam Harris and Richard Dawkins and Christopher Hitchens, which will say that uh, the fundamental the fundamental worldview is naturalism. The fundamental worldview that must be associated with science is, is secularism. It's, it's an, basically atheism. But the problem with that is that uh, that is a philosophical position and by no means proven by science. Science in and of itself being the exploration of the natural world utilizing the rules, a certain set of rules, right? Right. So when we explore science, what do we have to keep in our mind? That, that this world is governed by order. Right, right. Right. I mean, so uh, I like the way that uh, actually Friedrich Nietzsche puts this. He, he was talking about morals, but really it, it's applied also to the scientific principles that we just take for granted. You know, that water will boil at this altitude you know, at this temperature, right? Right. You put those parameters together and the water's going to boil every time. Well, what we're taking for granted is actually Christian deist, uh, theistic principles, not deistic principles, right. theistic principles. We're taking for granted that we have the ability to really even know and see these things and to perceive them as they rightly and truly are. Now let's define theistic. Oh, what yes. does that mean? That... Um, it's sort of a broad catch term for um, believing that there is a God. 
you could say deistic, and I did for a second there, which is another broad catch term for believing there's God, but it generally, deistic means that you believe there's a God that created the world, and then he let go, right? He just, right. He started the dominoes, and then he walked away. Yeah. But theistic... Um, That's as, Immanuel Kant, right? Uh, I think he... God set the set the world in motion and walked to away. To a certain degree, yes. Yeah, I would say that. But he yeah. was trying, actually... We won't get into all yeah. that. Uh, so topic. theistic, though, it tends to be a little bit more classical, where you believe that there's a God and that that God is in the world and created the world according to certain rules. And so you can see, if you as a scientific person are looking at the world and saying, well, there's certain rules that we have to abide by, even the rules of reason, logic, morality, the natural laws that we have that govern the world. So we can't transgress those laws, can we? No, we can't. And the natural person says or the naturalist says the, the laws are immutable right you know the laws the weak and the strong nuclear force the laws of gravity they're immutable we just accept that they are true and they're there but we don't but from their worldview they can't say why those laws are there they're just there so these laws are are the dna so to say of our technological advances they are because yes. some modern science is built squarely upon these laws right so right. the author here goes on to say and i'm going to paraphrase a little bit of what you're talking about, material world, right? Mm -hmm. And he he would make the claim that the goodness of the material world. Now we know God made the world, mm -hmm. and He called it good, good, yes. okay, yes. in totality. So yes. God made the world, the goodness of the material wor world, and it gave and He gave us reliable laws which could be discovered and used to make cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. And and we're supposed to subdue nature. Isn't that right. in the scripture? Right. Almost that's it an is. imperative that God says we're to subdue the world. Now, many people will say, ah, subdue it. That's that gives you an idea of what? Domination. Domination and yeah, you're exploitation. A, you're a draconian dictator yes. over it. Yeah. Exploitation and and the pirate, right? Mm -hmm. But subdue means what? To control. Yes. I mean, it doesn't take long to know that if you're in the savannah in Africa and you're out there by yourself, it's a very uncontrolled place for you as a person. Right, right, right. Right? Because it's not gardened. No, you could die, right? <laughs> okay. So the idea is... Really? You could die? Yeah. Lions like to eat uh, you, right? Yeah. So we're, we're to subdue nature. What better way then to use its own laws to do it? Doesn't that encapsulate the imperative for man to have technology? Right, it does. I mean, does. and so we see that uh, we see that technological advance has an undergirding, a foundational principle which is based in Christian theism. And I was going to say earlier, Friedrich Nietzsche is awesome because he said of this of morals, and you can apply it also to that underlying. He said, right. when you say there is a right and there's a wrong, what you're doing if you're an atheist, is borrowing from Christians. And Friedrich Nietzsche himself was an atheist. And so he would say, yeah. he would look at these atheists and say, look, you say there's a right and a wrong, and that it can, you know, but, but what you're doing is you're just saying, yes, the Christians are correct. The same is true of following the rules of the natural world, of relying on your reason and your rationale. Right. So um, one of the things I, I was going to say to this effect was something I totally forgot about. I just totally, I started thinking about Friedrich Nietzsche and it didn't come to mind. So. Okay. Well, let me. <laughs> Keep going. Sorry. About the two, about the atheists. Yes. Let me read a little bit more about some 
two notable atheists that will actually make the assertion or assertion, I should say, that Christianity is at the root of technology. Listen to this. Okay. According to Alfred North Whitehead and John and J. Robert Oppenheimer, both renowned philosophers and scientists of our era, but not Christians themselves. Right, right. Modern science was born out of the Christian worldview. Whitehead says that Christianity is the mother of science because of the insistence on the rationality of God. Pretty yeah. profound. Yeah. Right? The insistence on the rationality of God, is it, it basically transcribes down to the rationality of the world, of the universe, saying that this universe follows certain laws is saying that there is a rationality that that from where that from whence that came either implicitly or explicitly we'll say it so looking at the history of in the scriptures okay we we've 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 kind of covered the idea that we we don't see where god has set limits on any one particular technology necessarily right right, right. um or has he made mandates regarding technology itself and the use of it mm-hmm. but he's made mandates on the use of our thought and the use of our behavior and the use of our time and what we dedicate ourselves to yeah, yeah. so so thinking about that in the old testament we have instances of technology being used that seemingly doesn't have a right or wrong to it like um Joseph was taken captive, right? Mm-hmm. And he rose to prominence in Pharaoh's court, right? Right. And he would have been taught and trained in Egyptian ways, right? Which Using were technologically advanced for the time. Very much so. Oh, yeah. Same what could be said about Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yep. We forget the notion that the, when these people were taken in captivity – I believe they were all castrated. And that's that's an uncomfortable thought. <laughs> yeah, it is an uncomfortable but, but, thought. But but the idea is is that they were they take were taken into uh into captivity and they were trained in the ways of Babylon. Very technological nation, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yet technology for them was just a backdrop of mm-hmm. what they already were doing as God fearers. Right. Right? Right. So we're seeing a little more focus on how technology maybe is used in the life of a believer, right? Right. Um, okay, so back to this aspect of how does the church, we know that the church, quote unquote, did the church attack Galileo and Copernicus? Okay, give me your take on, define who these people were first. Well, for Galileo, uh, well, Copernicus was actually before Galileo, if I remember correctly. And uh, Copernicus came along and had the audacity to say that the uh, he refuted what was called heliocentrism. And that was the idea that everything revolved around the earth. The earth was a central point of everything. Right. Um, and, and he had the, the audacity to say this. And and the moment that he said it, the, the Catholic Church just was in, inflamed and enraged and they called him a heretic. And the, none of that actually happened. In fact, Copernicus didn't really see any any you know people coming down on him right not in his yeah, lifetime yeah in fact his textbooks were taught in the catholic church 
So it was like, well, you know, here, here's some, some ideas. But he, he did come up with the idea that no, the earth revolves around the sun, the right. sun doesn't revolve right. around the earth. And <clears throat> it wasn't until later Galileo came along that, uh, and you started to see political things start to get involved, um, that you started to see some of the persecution of, of that. But it wasn't that they came up with this heretical idea, you know, in some people's minds it was, but by and large, that wasn't actually the case. Okay. So. Well, this author goes on. Let's let's read what this author covered. The truth, however, is that the real conflict was not between Christianity as presented in the Bible and science. In fact, the true conflict was not between science and religion at all, but between the existing scientific view and a new scientific view. Yeah. The geocentric worldview held a held at that time was not based on the Bible, right. but was based on the Ptolemaic system which was rooted in the views of Plato and Aristotle. Right, right. So g define Ptolemaic. Uh, so there's this guy named Ptolemy, <laughs> and uh, he, he was a mathematician and a philosopher. Right. He was an early philosopher. And I believe he was one of the first, he was before Plato, and he came up with, um, I'm trying to go back, philosophy 101 here, and it's in the back of my mind. I read so much more Plato than I read Ptolemy. I, um, he... Well, I don't need to go and explain. The bottom line is but these the people yeah. were not followers of God. Exactly. No, yes. no, no. They were right. Greek. They were pagans. They were, pagans, they were Greek pagans. And, and they had a form of religious expression that was more humanistic. Right. 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 Okay. So, and, and really, I, I wanted to touch on this point just a little bit. He, he was saying that the, that the conflict did not lie in the conflict between science and religion. And I would like to say... Just real quick, that is still not the case. Because oftentimes people say there's this grand conflict between science and religion. And really, there's not. There's not. There is there is a grand conflict between members of the scientific community that hold to a naturalistic philosophy. But science itself is in no way conflicting with Christianity. It just simply is not. You know, and and well, in, because of what? The laws? that govern right. the world that God already set in place. So we have a scientific God. Right. right. And, and I, I do have to kind of add a caveat there. Um, when I say that it's in no way conflicting with, with, there are some people who use the scientific system to come up with ideas that do in fact conflict with the Bible, like saying with archaeological evidence that, well, the flood didn't actually happen or something to that effect. Uh, but that's not necessarily a direct conflict with science as a whole and Christianity or the Bible, that is a, that is one person's interpretation, largely in many cases based on a philosophical presupposition that is fundamentally opposed to the Bible. Yeah. So in other words, they come to it and they say, flood could have never happened. Let's go find proof. So, right. Enough of that digression. So in, in that aspect, then there wasn't a, a true uprising against Galileo and Copernicus because the church was, trying to persecute them per se, mm -hmm. the church arguably could be under the wrong system of science because they were too much influenced by Plato and Aristotle teachings. Right, and, right. and goes on to say that, you know, medieval science was based on authority primarily of Aristotle rather than observation. Mm -hmm. So we see that the Greek philosophy was really tied up into much of the church at that time. Uh, that's, uh, oh, let me, let me go back a bit and yeah. kind of 
tease that point out because um, when you study church history, you actually see a, a an, an influx of Greek philosophy that weaves its way throughout uh, Christian writers. So uh, at the very beginning, there's this guy named Justin Marner. Great guy, right? Great Christian apologist. But he, while he did defend Christianity, he also had some interesting ideas that were very rooted in in Greek thought because the early church had this had had a very big uh, push to make their the Christian system of thought reasonable to the Greek thought Greek system of thought. So there were a lot of early Christians um, after the Apostolic Fathers um, who. Well, who Greek, needed an interface. Fathers, they were trying to right. interface Christianity exactly. with Greek thought. And then that kind of went away a little bit with Augustine. Augustine pushed back. He didn't push Holy back, right? He still had some some Arist- Aristotelian ideas that were just distinctly Aristotelian. Right. Uh, but he still pushed back. And then when the medieval church came along, and especially with Thomas Aquinas, um, we, hit, we see a... With Thomas Aquinas, we see this resurgence of, of trying to incorporate... Aristotelian thought into Christianity. So I see. So we've established that technology has God has a almost uh, an imperative that we would use something called technology, right, mm-hmm. to subdue the world. And we right. knew that the root of technology early on the program was change, right? In a sense, technology is to create change, right? Right. Right. Um, also. We also now I'm going to turn to a little more thing. Another reason that maybe God uh, almost expects technology from us. Mm-hmm. Can I say that? I think you can. Because we are what we're made in His image, right? And because we're made in His image, what does that mean? That means we want to create. We want to create. Yes. So we have an insatiable desire to create stuff, right? Right. And to 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 do what God has told us to do. Right. And that's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we, we that's in our that's in our DNA as believers right. to create. Yep. That's well, true. everybody for that. Well, matter. yeah, it's not just believers, yeah. obviously. It's in yeah. the, it's in the human DNA to, So to it, so it brings back to the point the philosophy of the medieval church was the problem, not the technology. So could we in that, in that case, could we yeah. say that philosophy is one of the problems today? I would say with yeah. the use of technology, not necessarily the technology, but what is your philosophy when you have a cell phone, right? Uh, is it my philosophy to check it every three minutes? You may not act, like think out that you might be like, I'm gonna, you know, basing this on Cartesian logic, we're <laughs> going to go ahead and figure out that I need to check this every three minutes. No, you obviously wouldn't do that, but but we human beings. As you grow up, you are given a philosophical system to think by, by your culture, by, by cultural osmosis, by, by, by your family, by your community, by uh, the, your learning. And that's why teaching your children is, uh, is you know, like monitoring their education is so important, I would argue, because they are being given a philosophical system by which to think, right, through the media and whatnot. And so... When you say, you, what's your philosophy about picking up your phone and, and looking at it, you, you, you are actually thinking on somewhat of a philosophical level. Though you can't, you're not, you're not you know, saying, well, it's my epistemological view that the metaphysics of this phone, you know, you're not going crazy about that, but you but, are but the philosophy to a subconscious system. The philosophy is a subconscious system mm-hmm. based on what is in our heart. Yeah. yeah. Right? That's it. So we go back 
to the order of what our heart is mm -hmm. and what is our priority that way. So in all fairness, though, technology, we, we've, we talked about the virtue of it, mm -hmm. but there is a vice, right? Right, right. Uh, and we have to I, – I have to – I have to give to those who would say, wait a minute, technology is great. But, you know, I think that we as believers need to have a careful um, criticism mm -hmm. of technology. Because when pornography is viewed, mm -hmm. okay, it, it will imprint things in the person's mind, right? Well, with the kind of technology that makes it so much easier to see, we have a doubled down effect of this, right? So biologically right. really is a problem. You know, uh, in, there's actually a study by the uh, obstetrician gynecological, uh, they, they talked about how, um, they, they talked about how technology affects the adolescent social media and all of that. And what they came about was that it actually has risks, right? And they named off all of these vices that could take place. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to realize that technology isn't something that we have a uh, – how should I say? We have an, an a la carte thing. We can do whatever we want, order whatever we want. Speak to this a little bit. What do you think? Um, technology in – I'm sorry. I, I was just actually reading a comment. So that's fine. I, that's fine. I, well, go ahead and read the comment. Well, actually, before yeah. if we're going to go into the comments section, or well, read, I, I do want to I do want to nail down for the listeners though uh -huh. that that there is a risk in technology. Okay, right, right. Technology can be harmful on us. Right. Okay. Right. When our internal spirit and when our internal motives are wrong, so it's a lever that Satan can use. Right. Right. To take us down. Right. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It can be something that uh, can be deleterious to to okay. our walk if we're yeah. not careful. But that that in and of itself just you know it goes back to the heart condition. How we want. we can't make ourselves stronger Christians by protecting ourselves from technology. We must make ourselves stronger Christians by what? By reading and meditating the Word of God. By in by by getting closer to God. Exactly. Exactly. That's where we find our refuge. Right, right. And our motives it's then not will the come from there. Technology. Right. So. All right. So we do. So go ahead. Uh, we comments. have about ten minutes. Yeah, let's left. do that. Let's, we have we have one comment that we, I wanted to go ahead and address. So we're going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and read this comment by uh, Denise Gilbert, and I probably should read the whole thing. Um, she wrote at first. Um, the heavens declare the glory of God, Romans 1, 2, and 3. Uh, I don't get how you're using technology during those times and comparing it to these times. Maybe I'm not understanding where you're coming from. So she's, she's asking, uh, she's, she's saying she doesn't understand how... Okay, I think that she's looking at, uh, we're, 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 we're talking about technology in, in times past and building up to this point. Mm -hmm. um, and... So I would I would say that from there, if I, I don't get how you're using technology during those times and comparing it to, to these times. Well, the technology of yesteryear was really just a a more primitive of technology of today, wouldn't you say? Right. It's it's the same boilerplate. Right. Right. So it's like you 
the technology of yesteryear is um, two stacks of 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 movement towards more advancement. But the technology of today is like 15 stacks. Right. Because of the it's power behind it. Fundamentally the yeah. same thing, same. only it's just, it's like saying um, that you can't compare the first iPhone with the iPhone X. And in many ways you can't, even though they do have the same uh, base functionality. But there's so much, like the iPhone X is so much more advanced than the, the original iPhone. It's different in almost every way. Right. It can do so much more. And it's the same with writing uh, the way that Aristotle and the way that Augustine and the way that most notably Paul wrote in his letters um, is the same way we write now. But we just do it in a much different fashion. We do it on computers with, with right. you know, typing and whatnot. So the, the way that we're equating technology of nowadays to the technology of yesteryear is just simply in degrees of of advancements and the and the notion is we want the believer back in the 1800s to be holy mm -hmm. and and walking after god right mm -hmm. just as the believer of 2018 to be holy and walking after god so both of us and them have the technological pressures on their life mm -hmm. to maintain that walk so i guess we we have the same stressors but they they have different colors Maybe right, in right. There. So they have, they have technology, uh, back in the Greek time that says that 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 uh, they can use for good or for evil, and they're they're supposed to be. They are supposed to, uh, to you know, in all times we're supposed to follow the two greatest commandments: follow God's law, yeah, basically. Right. And then in today's time, we're supposed to follow God's law. Technolo technologies have changed, of course, but the fundamental mandate is still the same. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah. Uh, again, I mean, it's a broad topic. And, and, right. you, and right. you out there in the listening audience, we have scratched the surface on this. We just wanted to kind of, our goal was to set up the basic thinking platform mm -hmm. for you to have this this conversation with others, uh, mm -hmm. with with maybe yourself and the way that you, you know, you through the lens of, of how how do I as a Christian, uh, accept, embrace, reject even mm -hmm. the technology that's placed before me, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if it's and, the technology is specifically and only being used for evil purposes, like say uh, a, a piece of technology that's that is was invented and only can be used for abortion, right? That technology is to be rejected, right? Flat out, because that technology has only but one purpose, and that. But of course, we must remember. It's not technology's fault. It was the, the heart that formed that technology. Exactly. It was the heart that made that procedure and the policies and the actual instruments that go into that. Right. So I want to read something by Reagan Kilman. Um, when George said technology and Satan can take us down, so can our words. So can our words. God spoke the world into existence. He gave us the ability to talk in order to share his word. You have to talk to communicate, even if it's through sign language or even writing. Just talking about social media alone, you, YouTube, Facebook, etc. Words are present. That's all it is, with the exception of cute kitty cat pictures. Yes. <laughs> so I think that, you know, Reagan's getting at that point that we're saying, look, the, these things are uh, these things are expressions of the heart. Right. You know what I mean? And Reagan, you can correct me if I'm wrong. If these things are not really thing, expressions of the heart, then you need to let me know. But uh, that's that's what I'm getting from your comment. Um, 
And so, and she actually has another comment you want me to read. Yes, go ahead. She says, anyways, I think we, uh, I, I kind of think he gave us, or he gives us those platforms to share his word. A few years ago when I stopped going to church, the only word I was going uh, was from a pastor on Facebook, but I know it can be used to spread hate and to, to, to do anything but glorify God. This coming from someone who has fell victim to the latter part of the previous sentence. It's a double-edged sword. Or, yes, I think she meant sword. She said mm -hmm. a word. It's a double-edged sword. Oh, yeah. uh, it's a double-edged award <laughs> going, <laughs> goes back to the heart condition. Yes. <laughs> you reckon it's okay. I can't type either. Um, <laughs> well, the, the idea is that it's really the fall. It's the yeah, sin in yeah, yeah. the world, right? Well, she was uh, saying that she, yeah. there was a time where she would, she was, you know, she only got her word through the through Facebook, and that was good. And it was good that God get, God brought exactly. the word through Facebook. But but look at uh, what she was what she said. I think is so important. We as Christians utilize should utilize Facebook to spread the word. Yes. You know, I mean, that's just just the. Very, I believe so. Very, yes, that's what we I should mean. Do. The Rome, uh, Paul used the the paved roads of the Roman. Yeah, yeah. Roads to get the word out. He used, yeah, it, and those roads were used to annihilate nations because troops could go fast. On actually, those roads. the Romans built those roads so that they could annihilate nations. Exactly. That's why they built those roads. But Paul used them to spread and save nations. Right. And, and cool? the Bible tells us many times that, that Jesus came at just the right time, right? right? Jesus came at the time that God had appointed. Well, why had God appointed? Why did God appoint that specific time? It was because it was the perfect time for a for an explosion of Christianity. Yes. Perfect. It's absolutely perfect. It was relatively the safest time in that whole sandwiched era. Like right before it, you had the Assyrians yes. and you had the, the Persians. And the Persians were okay, but it wasn't nearly as safe. And it wasn't no. nearly. And then you had the explosion of Koine Greek, which was common Greek at the time. Paul could go anywhere and write in Koine Greek and speak in Koine Greek, and anyone would understand him. And he could just yes. go anywhere. And, and that's right. So it's an awesome time. Yeah. That's why technologically God that, I advanced. Yes, that's right. So um, we have a few minutes left. Uh, do, do we want to entertain any more comments? Or do you want to get to the long and short of it? And by the way, the long and the short of it section is uh, Lance is too tall, and yeah. I'm just right. Yeah, no, no, I'm just no, kidding. Whatever, no. no. I'm actually La the perfect height. Yes. And what, what is your height? I'm six foot eight. No, I'm six foot four. I'm sorry. Six four, I'm and six I'm four. five seven. So, so this is where we get the long and the short of it. And the short of it. Right, so, right, right. And here's where we're going just, to... Just so you're clear, though, yes. I'm the long... And I'm and the short. the short. Right, okay. <laughs> so we're going to give some takeaway point. All right. So we're at the long and the short of it. So what let we're going to Let me give here, you... I think I'm going to say the number, one take, uh, the number one takeaway on this, and it's going to come from the scriptures as well. Daniel talked about it. In the end times, knowledge will increase, okay? Yeah. Um, what I'm saying is that the takeaway tonight with technology is it's going to happen. Yeah. It's just going to happen. There's nothing you're going to do to stop technology because right. we, it's part, it's part of mankind's uh, wiring to create, right? right? Right. And we need to make more believers, or God needs to make more believers, and we need to spread the gospel so right. that we have better technology. Right. 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 And so um, my takeaway. Yeah. On this factor. So my long of it is, I'm just going to go ahead and read it. Technology is neutral. How we use it reflects our hearts. 
as Christians, we need to engage in the use of technology so that we can fill all the spaces out there with the gospel. Yeah. So, so God told us in Matthew, go ye to all nations and spread the gospel. I, I sounded like I was going to quote it just a second ago, but then I paraphrased it. So, um, you did good. Yeah, you did. Good. We're, we're to go to all the nations. And, and so I, I think that this means that we are to go into Facebooks. We are to go into Twitter. We are to bring the gospel everywhere we go. The short of it. Go ahead. From me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the leash to technology, okay, mm-hmm. always lies within the individual. And to the degree that that person, that personal holiness is a priority in that person's life. So this speaks to yeah. the internal aspect of who we are. Technology is held in place based on you, the individual, mm-hmm. and where you place your val- value as a believer with holiness and purity. Right, right. Again, the buck stops with you, me. Yeah. And we're the ones that can hold technology in check first and foremost because we're 100% responsible for who? Ourselves. ourselves that's right not anybody else right and that's how because the decisions we make exactly comes from our heart right and so that that makes i mean it, we don't do we don't do anything we don't want to do we do what we want to do and therefore we are responsible for what we do exactly so, um and so how you use technology is as we've been saying a reflection of our heart right it's a reflection of our desires jesus says out of the heart out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks and out of the abundance of the heart, the fingers surf. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and so this whole month, audience, yes, look at how you use technology. Yes. Yes. Write it down. Maybe take make a journal and document daily how you are using technology in your daily lives. And then at the next dive deep episode, maybe we'll open up with a few thoughts or something uh, regarding maybe. that maybe. from you all mm-hmm. to say how to go. Uh, was you pleased with who? With what technology made you look like? Before we go, before we end, I have to say, it was, were you pleased? You used thank the you, wrong congregation for that verb. Thank you for correcting me. <laughs> yes. I can be corrected. Okay. Okay. Good. All oh, right. Man, I'm so glad. I'm, you know, this is this has been a fun time. Yeah, it has been. Uh, it really has. This is you know, our our maiden voyage. Yeah, maiden voyage. So yes, there was so, a few glitches. Uh, uh-huh. If you noticed that the video was a little bit... Jerkity, um, it's well, jerkity. It's, what's that? That Grand means that it's just kind of rickety. Yeah, it's jerking around. Rickety. It's you just know that it is killing me inside. <laughs> I am dying. He really is a technological really is. death. There's right some now. Ethiopian coffee that's over there. After oh, this is over, we're I gonna get some. I forgot about right. the coffee. T- yeah, no, no, yeah. no. The jerkiness okay. is just annihilating right. me. I'm gonna fix it by next time. That's I right. will fix this. Okay, so we're gonna we have to introduce the topic next next time, I guess. Oh, let's let's do it today because so what we is the topic we're gonna talk about? I think we're gonna talk about dualism. Okay, so we're gonna talk about dualism. Yes, uh, and how just what it is. Okay, yeah, dualism Maybe. is is yeah. you you might think dualism has no bearing on your life. You couldn't be more wrong. It's a big oh topic. Oh my gosh. Dualism is Very everywhere. Big. It is in the back of my Tune in. Don't be yes. afraid. Yes. It's it's not it's something, it's, it's not a, philo- it's a philosophical class. This is a discussion. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. So, all right. So, uh, thank you all for joining. And again, this is George. And this is Lance. And we are Dive Deep. Uh, thank you so much. We'll see you guys next time.